from Tulsa Tech, helping you make your own path with insights and information about the world of career training. The Tech Times podcast starts right now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Tech Times podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Williams. With nearly 6,000 full-time students on our campuses each day, there are a lot of hungry mouths to feed. Don't forget about all the faculty and staff training those students. Plus, we provide catering to lots of events and meetings at our Owasso Conference Center. Joining us to talk about all things delicious is Assistant Director of Food Services, Gary Mars. Gary, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I want to talk a little bit just to get started. We love to get to know our guests mm-hmm. just a little bit. How did you get started in the food services industry? Um, well, I started when I was 15 and working in restaurants. I worked for 35 years in restaurants before I came to tech. So wow. I have a varied, long history of restaurant work management. Um, I, I opened several restaurants in throughout, the, throughout three states. And most of my experience is in fast food, but... In that, um, I was a training manager for um, for new managers, and I opened stores, and I oversaw a lot of different uh, different teams. I think that's kind of where, at least our generation, where we all got started in in the world of work is mm-hmm. really in the restaurant business, right? Yep, fast food. McDonald's was my first job, and I worked there for nine years. Wow. Before working at tech, you haven't worked in an educational setting. What's that- different about working say, in a district like ours as opposed to a restaurant? Well, um, quite a... Or a chain or anything like that. Yeah, Yeah. quite a bit, honestly. Um, So restaurants are all about making money. Um, You know, fast service, the same menu every day, um, you know, and then making a profit, watching watching labor, watching food costs. That's all you're drilled into as managers. So coming to tech, first of all, with a varied menu, um, every day is is a different experience. Um, every break time is different from the day before. Every lunch is different. Um, and then um, we see um, more repeat um, customers here than we do in the restaurants because it's the same 6,000 students every day. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, we get to know our people a little bit better here. Um, we students, we have more student interactions. Um, it is, it is so fun to see my managers, um, able to interact with students and, and get to know them. And I don't know if it's food in general or, um, just our line of work, but when people come around people who are serving them food, they are very open. And so our students share a lot with all of my staff. They share, um, personal lives. They share, um, struggles. They share successes, um, and so, you know, it's very fun as a food service worker in, in, in our campuses to, to be part of that. Um, we see more students than any other um, campus official. You know, a teacher sees there are 20 students in the morning, 20 students in the afternoon, and we see hundreds throughout yeah. that day. So um, it's, it's exciting. And who doesn't get excited for the time we get to visit your staff and, and get to get a bite to eat? So, I mean, we're all get excited about what's on the menu that day. Um, I was just curious also, um, with all of that that you were discussing, all the different break times and things, it must be quite the logistical challenge to get through a particular day on any given campus, given all those different time frames. Um, so we do have struggles. Um, supply chain struggles have been um, ongoing for three years now. The district um, had to abide by new seat time laws a few years ago, and so we went from 20-minute breaks to 10-minute breaks um, for, for students. And so getting students through the line 
um, and paid for and time for them to eat before going back to their class in 10 minutes um, has been a challenge that we've we've had to address in many different ways. Do our different campus locations have varied break times based on location? How, how do you guys logistically work through all of that? So we start with... Um, Instructional services, that's where, where the break times are set. Um, we work through the summer um, planning break times for every campus, for every program on every campus, because every program has different um, requirements and seat time laws. And so some of them have to be there an hour and a half before they can get up. Some have to be an hour and 10, hour and 20. So we have to plan for when students come in. And then we have to um, make sure that we've spread those students out over the hour properly. So we don't have 10 minutes at the beginning where we have 500 students and then 10 minutes at the end where we only have five. And then so, not only on top of that, you have a lunch break at 11 to 12 typically for not just students, but also faculty and staff. So. Yeah, lunchtime is, is more you know staff um, for sure. sure. Um, and then adult students. And then most campuses, um, the bus loop is somewhere close to the cafeteria. So as, bus, as students come off the buses, mm-hmm. They come in at lunchtime for good food versus their um, high school food. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. We'll talk <laughs> a little snack. I like it. Um, how many meals does your team typically prepare each day? Um, we serve, let's talk about BA for a minute. BA is our highest volume campus. Um, so we'll, we'll serve right BA around. is an acronym for Broken Arrow for those listeners that may not be familiar with our area. Exactly. Yeah, Broken, yeah, yeah. Broken Arrow campus is our highest volume campus, highest volume cafeteria. Um, so we'll serve anywhere from three to 400 students in the, for morning break, um, you know, 150 or so for lunch, and then another 300 or so for the afternoon break, um, all within that one hour, 10 minute intervals for the break times. Talk a little bit about uh, the importance of nutrition when you come to a school like ours and you really need that mm-hmm. brain power for that hands-on training. Yes, yes. So we, um, first of all, my staff all follow food trends very well. So they want to incorporate the freshest um, ideas of freshest food, which is one of the things trending right now is nutritious food, healthy food. Um, we also address gluten-free options or vegan and vegetarian options, and we run into that often. Um, we also run into other students or faculty who have special requirements as far as um, medical conditions, such as Crohn's. Um, we, we deal with that as well, especially in our caterings. Um, and then we have um, religious requirements that we try to address also. Um, so those all fall into the nutritious food we're trying to serve. But we try to serve, first of all, what students will, will buy and eat, what they want, um, and then we want to incorporate as much nutritious food, fresh food, salads, sandwiches, um, fresh fruits, um, or healthier options in the hot food as well. Um, and so we just, we just do that on a daily basis. How do you guys decide what's on the menu any given week? The managers on all the campuses decide their menus. Um, they know it's very, it's very ironic. Um, we know that the same sending schools that go to Peoria as the same sending schools that go to Riverside campus. But they are culturally, um, food-wise, miles apart. What people will eat at Riverside, they won't touch at Peoria. What they eat at Peoria, they won't touch at Riverside. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, the programs, you know, kind of dictate um, who's going where, you know. And so that's part of the issue. But it's just, it's just fun to watch that, you know, the manager at Peoria, she'll – put out one item and she'll say how well it went and everyone else will try it the next week and it flops. 
but it's just the way it works. I was going to ask how you, first off, how you address different dietary needs, and mm-hmm. you kind of already touched upon that. But also, are there different tastes at different campus locations? We have six different locations, all different parts of our region, mm-hmm. our parts of the metro. Mm-hmm. So. Do they, I mean, are there different styles of food that one particular campus likes? Very much so. And, and you know, part of it, you know, BA, Broken Arrow, is um, automotive, um, machining. It's, you know, a lot of, it's a lot of guys. Um, and so their appetites, and, and it's not only that, but it's also a lot of um, Hispanic or, you know, ethnic foods out there that are different than, say, at Riverside or Peoria. It's just a different environment. And so um, Health Science Center here at the Lindley campus um, we can't keep enough fresh fruit and fresh vegetables on hand. Broken Arrow, we can put it out, and you know, two days later, we're we're throwing it away. And we skew one way or another based on the demographics of the students, but there's also a wide range, even within Broken Arrow, that you just talked about. Exactly. Uh, you know, they might have automotive and machinists, but they also have cosmetology and, and health science and all exactly. these other programs that have yeah. a wide array of student dietary wants and needs so, exactly yeah, yeah. Um, how do you guys uh, develop new menu items so um, throughout the year and like I guess told you earlier we we uh, talk about food trends we watch what's going on in the industry um, and so we try to incorporate those you know a couple years ago there was a big push for southern cuisine um, pimento cheese was one of the items that was like hot in the market. So how can we incorporate those? And so our chef up at Owasso came up with a pimento cheeseburger um, that was a big hit at, at the time and then it fades away. Um, so we just really just watch what's going on in the industry, watch out what's going on, you know, in the re- local restaurants and in the chains. They have a really good finger on things like that. So we, we try to keep an eye on that. Um, and then Battling supply chain issues, we always look for um, what's available, and then what, how can we incorporate that into um, a a healthier, a good option for a menu item. The pimento cheeseburger sounds awfully tasty, but is is that something that you guys uh, do like a taste run, or how do you develop that into so, a full menu item? Um, yeah, we don't really do taste runs per se. We darn. <laughs> We, um, you know, we'll talk about it among ourselves, uh, and but then we'll just put it out there for the students. Um, we have two um, culinarians on our staff now who've come from a sushi background. And one of them at Broken Arrow um, has been a sushi chef for years. And so she's incorporated some sushi techniques into um, her menu items. We have a sous chef up at Owasso who has a sushi background, and he's put out some options. And so... You know, new items come, um, but we really have just used what we used in the, what we've done in the past. We've looked at what we've, uh, um, what we've been successful with. Do do you find that students um, get? I don't want to say jealous, but um, are a little bit interested in what other campus locations are eating, or do they find out from their? Fe- Fellow classmates, what's going we on? Do, we do definitely hear from students whenever they... Well, my brother was at Riverside, and they got this, and we do hear that for sure. But the most common um, thing we hear from students is, is your food so much better than our high school food? Um, and we don't have to follow the child nutrition guidelines that high schools have to follow. So we have a, a big, a much, wide, much wider variety of food we can serve um, and techniques we can serve it under and seasonings we can use, you know, if you go to a high school, you you won't find salt in the kitchen. It's just an option an option they don't have. 
Hmm. And so we can season our food well here. Wow. What are, what are the most requested dishes? <laughs> Um, I think there'll be no surprise to hear chicken strips. All right. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a, it, it's one of those things that people say, oh, you, all you serve is chicken. Well, the days we don't serve chicken, the days we don't serve chicken strips in our cafeterias for breaks are our slowest days. Um, so when we put them back out there, oh, it, it, they buy them like crazy, but then they say, well, it's all your service chicken. So it's one of those things that we, we, we do, um, and then we try to offer as much options as possible on the days we do chicken strips as well. But, you know, it's that's probably our number one seller is chicken strips and fries. Catch-22 there. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Talk a little bit about the catering services that your team provides at the Owasso Conference Center. So, well, we we were at the Owasso Conference Center yesterday, so we can talk about that a little bit. Um, I do want to clarify. So every campus caters. Every campus has catering. Um, everywhere but Owasso is only internal catering. So um, a Peoria campus will cater for events for any internal events, career academy, um, you know, career fairs are going on, mock interviews are going on. So we cater for all those internal events at sure. every campus. Yeah. But Owasso is unique. It has the conference center. And we will do anything from a 10-person catering to a 600-person um, catering. Last Thursday, we did a catering for 400 people at Owasso. It was an evening event for a fundraiser for it was a gala fundraiser for one of our local schools um private schools and um you know it was uh, an hour of of uh, hors d'oeuvres in one room charcuterie trays and beverages and then they moved into the main room and had a a a nice meal dessert um with a program afterwards and you know we will hire um uh, temp services to come in and, and and serve um, to you know, to bus tables. You know, we rent China. We'll we'll do whatever we need to do to make those events you know successful. Um, but then again, we have the caterings for ten people who are having a meeting and and talking about the next step in their in their business. And so, you know, we can do box lunches for them. We can do you know um, any Italian meal. You know, Owasso has industrial smokers, so we do a lot of smoked meats up there. And so we'll offer pulled pork and sliced brisket um, for those events as well. Just based on the client needs right it, we have a catering menu out there that they can choose from or they can build their own um our evening events recently have been all build their own menus um we actually we rarely have evening events um we probably have four or five a year that we plan for um last week we had two in one week hmm. um and so monday night was real water district of uh, in collinsville there was in owasso and then the, the gala on thursday night um, and both those menus were specifically unique. There weren't anything on the catering menu. A lot of preparation there. A lot of preparation, a lot of coordinating the people. Um, you know, all the staff that worked during the day, who get there at 6 a.m. in the morning, were there, um, especially on Thursday night, they were there until 8.30. Well, there's a lot night. of day prep that happens to get all the food ready, and then you have to cook it and then obviously serve it. Serve so, it, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. And we have different tiers of service at, at Owasso. So we have... Um, you know, our tiered service, depending upon what they want to pay for, as far as um, special china dishes, serving. You know, if we want, if they want us to do a plated service, where they just sit there and we bring them all the food. Um, so, a plated service is is the upper tier level, um, and then the next tier is a, is a china buffet, what we call it, where they you know have all real dishes, all real silverware. It's all you know, but they still go to the buffet service and serve themselves. The next level below that is just an upgraded disposable. Um, with um, 
with linens and you know and, and linen napkins and such. But yeah, we just we we try to accommodate all the different needs of our customers. Do we incorporate some of our hospitality and culinary students into the services we provide at that conference center? We try to at every level. Um, so restaurant and uh, and hotel um, hospitality class with Jody Marlowe's class, um, they, for the gala on Thursday night, they did all the table set up. They did all of the table decor, all the linens, all the napkin folding, um, all the silverware. They, they, they met with the clients. They talked to what they wanted, and then they executed that. What a credible opportunity for our students to exactly. have live work right in a working conference center exactly. on campus. Our our catering kitchen um, also utilizes the culinary um, students. Um, they intern in there three days a week, um, depending upon what's going on, the number of interns. But you know, three to four each day, of the, you know, three days, where they'll, you know, we did. They they make the menu items. They prep um, the food. They'll you know. Cut the onions. They'll slice the tomatoes. They'll they um, rolled a thousand fresh meatballs for a catering a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, so we incorporate culinary classes also. Outstanding. How many dedicated culinarians are a part of the team that f- serves six thousand students a day? <sighs> so we have um, we, I have a team of four managers. Um, I'm short of manager at the moment. Um, by the way, there's a posting out there if anyone's interested. <laughs> so actually, there's two postings. I have a new manager retiring as well. Employment um, opportunities th- at TulsaTech.edu. There you go. Um, and then um, we have 24 full-time culinarians. Um, depending on the campus, the number of, the number of uh, full-time culinarians they have. Owasso obviously has the most because of the conference center and the campus. But then um, Broken Arrow and... Riverside both have four. Those are two of our larger campus locations. Yes. Yeah, and then the Lindley campus actually has four, but they're divided in two locations between Health Science and Lindley. So, is there a particular specific set of training that new hires, if they're if you're, if I'm coming on board as a as a culinarian, is there a specific training I need to go through to be successful at my job? Well, first of all, they have to have a food handler's card from the health department. That's a requirement. Um, as far as you know, a culinary background is ideal. Um, a customer service background um, is ideal. So we look for those when we're, we're interviewing, when we're hiring. But someone who's willing to learn, someone who is um, creative, someone who can work well as a team, those are all attributes that we really look for. We don't we don't have a specific training program because every you know every campus is different. Every 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 position within the campus is is unique to that to that location. So we don't necessarily have a, a dedicated. This is the first steps to training. It's kind of like if you have the skills and knowledge to know what you're doing, basically, and then have the personality to build that rapport with students you talked about mm-hmm. earlier. I think that's what's most important. Exactly, especially the skills part. We if we we can hire someone who has no food service background, but if they're willing, um, if they have a basic knowledge, if they have good customer skills, then we can incorporate the food skills. Um, you know. It's it's hard. It's really hard to get those customer service skills down to someone who doesn't is not geared towards that. But culinary, you know, cooking skills are universal. Um, if you cook at home for one or for four, you've got some skills already that we can build upon. Do you or your staff have a favorite dish to make? 
Um, I have a favorite dish to eat. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So um, I am all about Asian food. So anytime we do anything Asian, any any um, you know fried rice, any you know uh, teriyaki chicken, anything like that, I'm all over it. Um, but then you know I love you know good cafeteria food. You know meatloaf and roast beef and you know chicken strips. You know those are all really good items. Yeah, some of that rib sticking. Yeah, goodness. exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, Gary, thanks so much. This has been so interesting. I appreciate you being here today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Tech Times podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to like us on social media.